Hey, this is LOA Today, the Law of Attraction show. Welcome to LOA Today, Walt Thiessen and Joel Elston here. It is Thursday, March the 9th, 2017. We continue our ongoing exploration of Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. This week we are on Chapter 13, The Brain, a broadcasting and receiving station for thought. That, Joel, is a very provocative subtitle. I mean, the brain, that's not so provocative. I mean, we all have a pretty good idea that the brain is important, and it became very important in scientific circles in the 20th century. But a broadcasting and receiving station for thought, that's controversial. It was extremely controversial when it was written. In fact, it was it was by many viewed as ridiculous when yeah. it was written. Uh, and we, we say every week, so the ones that are following us this, this journey, we'll get it out of the way early. Uh, this uh, Napoleon Hill was way ahead of his time. Uh, every every uh, this chapter in particular, I am I'm, I'm not going to get too overly dramatic with my analogy, but uh, you know when when you look at what he was doing, especially when we get to the brain stuff, uh, it it is you. I have a great deal of question of how he really got it so accurately way back then with the limited knowledge that was available. Well, I'll tell you what, he starts off with what we would not necessarily recognize as controversy without knowing some history. So let me read the, the paragraph, and I'll tell you what the controversy is. It says, more than 20 years ago, of course, this was uh, written toward the uh, middle of the Great Depression, or published during the middle of the Great Depression. Uh, more than 20 year, years ago, the author, working in conjunction with the late Dr. Alexander Graham Bell and Dr. Elmer R. Gates, observed that every human brain is both a broadcasting and receiving station for the vibration of thought. Now, I actually looked up who Dr. Elmer R. Gates are. Do you know who he is, Joel? I do not. Interesting person. He was kind of a... uh, One of the cool things about medicine and science during the uh, 19th and 20th centuries was that it was relatively freeform. I mean, people could kind of... They they could get their degree and then they would go wild with their explorations because they weren't dealing with government grants and government restrictions and the FDA and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, they went kind of far afield, and he went kind of far afield himself. I I can't tell you everything he did. He had a very strong interest in psychology. But what I can tell you is that he had this theory uh, that uh, that Hill turns into the theory of, of the human brain sending out vibrations. That's not the way Gates thought of it. Gates thought of it in a much more local situation of of the person basically enhancing their own mental abilities. And he was critical of anyone who said otherwise. Now, the really interesting part is that the resource I checked, of course, we always check this first, right, is Wikipedia because it's free, it's online, it's right there. And Wikipedia did something very interesting with it. They, They cited what Gates had to say. They cited the fact that Napoleon Hill mentions him in the book, but they do not accuse Napoleon Hill of distorting Gates' views. Now, how is that for interesting? Wow, that is. That's a lot of information for me to digest at this point. Um, that, that I like that. I like uh, uh, it, it. I don't have any. I've never heard of him other than reading this chapter. In fact, I've never even thought about researching him. I'm glad you did. <laughs> 
Well, I, I, I like to find out obscure and, and basically often useless things because most of the stuff I check are obscure and useless. But every once in a while, I get a nugget of useful information, and this was a useful one. I mean, there was a controversy about this guy because he felt that his, his information that he was putting out there was being misused. But no one wanted to say that about Napoleon Hill's book. And I conjecture it's because Hill's book was so successful. It was very, very famous. And so, I mean, if you're Gates, what are you going to do? Shoot down the book that basically is giving you any degree of notoriety at all exactly and and that's uh, you know one of the things when we get into the, the it sort of in the depth of this chapter or where i you know my my level of study uh, and i have really been focused as you know in the last uh since you and i've been doing this show i've i think you've caught on that i i go on sort of different tangents for a while in different directions you and, think <laughs> yes, and, 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 and the brain has been my fascination, and and the the term vibrate. You and I have had this discussion for a long time. time. Oh, yes, yeah. about about vibration, and and in the beginning, you really weren't too sold on that word. You didn't really particularly like. Well, that I didn't time. understand what was meant by it. What what, right. what is the vibration? You know, is it like you know? Do I see my brain on a on a MRI and it's literally vibrating back and forth? I mean, what is that? What is a vibration? I didn't understand what was meant by that. Right, absolutely. And and I and I've shared with you that that multiple times a week, and and sometimes uh, for long periods of time, I can get to a point where I I literally feel the vibration. I feel. The connection in my brain, the positive thoughts, the the power that the brain does have, and I've I've felt the exchange with people. I think every week when we share and we get into this very enthusiastic discussion and we feel better, there's a vibration that goes with that. And mm. I think people that turn into the show uh, tune in, they also tune into the vibration of what we're doing. That's why you and I made a conscious effort, probably halfway through this, uh, as as we're sort of evolving our programming. Uh, especially when we're on on various topics, not on a set topic, uh, to to make sure we end the show on a positive vibration. To yes. make sure that we 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 escalate. If, if we're discussing anything negative, we we want to make sure it's not toward the end of the show. We don't want to leave our audience and ourselves with a feeling of wow, that that's sort of defeating the point. And as as Napoleon Hill's talking about the brain and the the. The ideas that we're seeing exposed in science right now, the, the term you know epigenetics and, and quantum thinking, uh, quantum thinking to me is just simply the science of, of what he was talking about all those years ago, how the, the, the brain actually puts out and receives. We obviously re- receive with our eyes, we, we receive images. Uh, the brain processes those images. We hear things, the brain processes what we hear. It interprets it different for many people. That's one of the, the fun parlor games you used to hear about is is uh, people either witnessing or talking about a subject and they're repeating back what they heard right. or what they witnessed. And, and you'll be amazed. One of my one of the things that I always do when I, I watch uh, uh, work with younger kids, uh, I have this big carnival poster in my office that, that's hidden under. They don't let the adults see it because it's it's it, it's just so distracting. But <laughs> it is this bizarre picture with you know uh, elephants and and just all this stuff. And it's in a cartoon setting, and I have the kid uh, watch us stare at this for five minutes or three minutes, whatever we can get him to stare at it for. <laughs> and, and afterwards, I ask. What do you re- what do you see in this poster? Mm-hmm. What did you what did you see? Tell me. And I am amazed at 
I don't know if any two kid has ever seen the exact same thing. Mm. And in fact, it, it, I'm, it, I, I'm always shocked because I see different than what they're seeing as I'm looking because, again, they're seeing the information, but what their brain is focusing on, it, and the reason I do that because it, it is to prove a point, as I'm proving now with our audience with that analogy, that, that yes, we see th- something, and that's where right and wrong, we, we, we think right and wrong is being black and white, or we think this, or we think that, or I'm cursed, or I'm not cursed. Your brain is picking up on that, and it, it's saying, yes, 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 you are cursed. Mm-hmm. Or no, you're not. <laughs> your, brain, your brain is not in, a, in the job of, of actually deciphering uh, or, or trying to hear don't do something. or do. It just picks up what it is. And that vibration, how we're feeling, it's amazing. It's how it, go, how it really sort of relates to the law of attraction and how we use it. Well, well, one thing I, I finally came to terms with was was the idea of vibration. And the way I did it was by thinking in terms of it as positive and negative because I realized all the teachings were about vibration in that context. Right. And once I thought about it that way, then I could kind of make some sense out of it because with sound, for instance, a high pitch versus a low pitch, when you think about it, there really is no such thing as high or low. And, and I'll tell you a little quick story to help illustrate this. When I was uh, quite a bit younger... I uh, was approached by a mom in the neighborhood where I was living who had heard that I played in rock bands, which I did. And she said to me, I have a son who's been trying to take guitar lessons for a number of years and not succeeding. And I said, oh, why? What's been happening? And she says, well, it doesn't matter who teaches him. He just can't seem to get it at all. And I was wondering if maybe you might be willing to give him some guitar lessons. And it really was not on my radar at all. I had no intention of being a guitar teacher. But I figured, okay, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll give it a shot. Maybe you know, this is a way of finding something that I like to do. As it turned out, it wasn't, but that's okay. That's a secondary story. The primary story is I met with this kid. His name was Richie. And the first time I sat down with Rich, he, I said to him, okay, well, can you try to play me something? And he was a little reluctant, but he did. And as he started to play, it was, it was painful to watch him do it. It was painful to hear it. Um, if, without getting too much into the technique of guitar playing, um, when you're when you're strumming with a pick, you want to keep your your wrist fluid and loose. His wrist was rigid, absolutely rigid. It was like he was attacking the strings with with a hammer. That's the way his his fist looked. And um, he also did not seem to have any idea of how scales worked. Scales are kind of critical. I mean, if you're not even if you're not a musician, you recognize do re mi fa sol la ti do. You recognize that as a scale. He didn't seem to understand any of that, and I thought that was pretty weird because he'd been taking lessons for about four or five years. I mean, you, normally you learn you know the notes and all that pretty early on, and he didn't seem to have any of it. Well, long story short, come to find out, he had no idea what pitch was. He had, oh, wow. The idea was foreign to him, and what I had to do was take him over to the piano that we had, sit him down and start hitting keys. I, I started hitting C's, which are an octave apart. And I, I went to middle C. I said, okay, you hear that note? Yeah. And I hit uh, the C one octave up from that. And I said, is that higher or lower? And he said, I don't know. I said, really? <laughs> so this doesn't sound higher or lower than that one? No. All right. Well, okay. And, I, and that one kind of stymied me for a minute. And I worked with it and thought about it, and I finally realized the w- problem was with the words high and low. So I said to him, does it sound different? And he said, yeah. I said, ah, okay. So I explained to him how sound works and that with what we call higher notes, there's a higher level of vibration 
lower notes have a lower level of vibration. That's why we call them high or low. He said, nobody ever told me that before. <laughs> now he finally had a context to understand high note versus low note. And I'll go, I won't go into the whole story after that. Bottom line is I taught him to, t- to play guitar in about three weeks and my teaching was done. <laughs> well, and, 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 but what, what you were able to do is, is, is it, it does re- it, you, you figure out a way that his, his brain or his way of learning or what was missing in the process. It, it you know, how, how do you discuss, describe to a blind person who's never seen anything, the color red, how right. do you describe that? Oh, absolutely. You- that, that's the problem. That's precisely yeah. the problem. But once I, I thought about it in those terms, I applied the same principle, if you will, to how to understand the brain vibrating. And I realized, okay, well, positive emotions feel better. So for the sake of discussion, let's say that's higher vibration. And negative emotions feel worse, so for the sake of discussion, let's call those lower vibration. Now at least I had some way to make sense out of it and come to find out, yeah, that's what everybody's talking about. The positive stuff is higher vibration. The negative stuff is lower vibration. So now all of a sudden I had a context that I could at least make some sense out of it. Well, and, and, I'm, and I'm glad because I, I, I know when, when I first heard this, and I believe it was the Abraham Hicks stuff I was listening to, and they're really into the vibrating statement. And, and, and I, I, too, was clueless. Of, I was like, okay, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm done already. I, 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 <laughs> I think I'll I, move on to my next activity for the day. <laughs> exactly. And, and, but the concept was so interesting that I, I, I needed to pursue it. And once I understood how the spiraling up, when I can spiral up or when I spiral down, the, the, the vibration of the excitement of my day or when I feel really good, that's a spiral upward. And I, and I try to live in that. I try to, you know, just, I, I love living in that. However, when I'm on the spiral down, I've learned to seek that vibration of that higher feeling. The, 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 it's sort of like tuning into, it's like the, one of the descriptions somebody uses is, is tuning into a radio, finding the frequency. Now, I have yet to master what I hope to one day be able to master of the continual vibration mm. where I'm constantly tuned in, where I can lock in the radio on the signal and it never loses it. I think that's where we're all shooting. That's what we're all shooting for. Well, Abraham uh, Hicks is shooting for that for us. They're, they're, the phrase yes. that they use is "tapped in, tuned in, turned on." Yes, yes. And and so as we're is not to scare the audience with some okay, what is Joan Walt talking about this week? But the brain itself, it is a relatively short chapter in the book compared to some of the others. But the the where we're at now with the brain, and now where we understand, and a lot of Einstein's theories have been proven, which support a lot of the quantum thinking theories, where we we are really creating things in our environment that we didn't understand that we were creating before. Uh, we, we, and and that, we, that's a gigantic statement. It that, is. That, that, that's it a is. statement that is mind-blowing because it, it doesn't seem to fit anything that makes any sense outside of the context of this crazy conversation about how the brain works and how the law of attraction works. Right. And and that that piece, what, one thing that, that I have, how I, in my first sort of understanding of this, I was baffled when I've, I've been doing counseling now for, uh, wow, 20 years. And when I first got into it, I, I, I did not really understand the difference between, uh, you know, what was happening when I would sit down with one person 
and I would give them my all in a session and think, and after the session go, oh my gosh, that was really good. I did a great job. <laughs> and then somebody else would come along and I'm going, wow, I just don't, they, they didn't seem to get it. I, I don't understand what I did wrong. I did basically the same thing, but I felt entirely different about it. And then as I progressed, I realized you know, that they're not, they're not in tune with what I'm thinking. They're not understanding or we're not, we're not really relating. And then it evolved for me that I can, I will have certain clients. There's very few of these, by the way. So if you're one of my clients is listening, I hope it's not, you think it's you. Uh, it, it's, it's not hardly anymore, but I will, I've had clients where I've sat in my, my office and I have a, a clock that's behind me, but I have an angle I can look at it in a mirror that nobody really knows I'm looking at the clock. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's pretty clever. That way people don't think you're clock watching. Right, right. Uh, and, and I will be in session with some people, Walt, and it seems like that hour just disappeared. It was like, how did that go by so fast? That was amazing. Oh, that's an experience everybody experiences. You don't have to be a therapist yes. to get that one. That, I right. mean, there's sometimes time just seems to race, and other times right. it just seems to drag. And then, yeah, you filled in the blank for me on that next one. Uh, is then I have the one client in there that that I'm looking, said, okay, that has to be 30 minutes. My goodness, and four minutes of <laughs> and I, I, then I then I'm having to fight the yawning instinct yeah, inside right. of me. And, and 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 those that know me and, and as you know me, I, I I have high energy. I'm not lazy. I'm not I'm not a yawner. But uh, when when that when that energy is draining my energy, it is like a power drain to me. Mm. But when I'm with somebody who's vibrating on this level, or and they don't even have to understand they're doing it, my energy is increased. It's like when two of us get together, we're quadrupling. It's more than it's, it's a power of ten kind of feeling where you're you're really your energy is combining and pushing you both forward. But if one side's a drain, it is like pulling teeth oh, yeah. it is just oh wow this takes forever and, and i would think and, actually you would run into that fairly often because as a therapist you're going to deal with a number of people who are depressed or dealing with very negative situations so i would imagine a lot of them at least sometimes feel that well and, and I, I what i'm finding pretty much for the most part is even my depressed patients that that there there's something in them that that once you get that spark going uh, and, and, and as you know, I, people that can – I'm not a big fan of, of being a victim of things. Right. Uh, and, and while certainly we, we have things happen to us and we have to sort of respond to them, I'm not a big fan of, of playing the role of victim longer than absolutely necessary. And for me, that's about four or five minutes at most being necessary. Right. And, and so, you know – It's the difference that, between what my wife calls being a victim and being a volunteer. A volunteer, exactly. Uh, the, the, the energy of – someone who is conditioned to be a victim is a very draining energy for me. Mm. I'm speaking for me. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I don't know that's for everyone, but people that refuse, one of, one of my favorite clients was, he, he, he came, came to me shortly and we're doing a history and he, he, I said, tell me significant things that have happened in your life. And, and, and he's like, well, you know, he, he had, he had lost uh, a couple of family members, including a child and some very significant things that happened. And then mm. probably about halfway through, he said, Oh, I forgot to tell you, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night, my house was on fire. Uh, but I got me and the dogs out and everything's fine, but the house burned to the ground. Okay. I'm like, oh, I said, okay, well, well, that, that's sort of something I thought would have been probably a little higher on the list. And he, laughed. <laughs> and he said, well, you know, he said, it's just stuff, Joel. And he said, uh, uh, you know, and it, 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 I, I got an insurance settlement. Everything was fine. Uh, no big deal. So it dark, didn't even really register on my radar. 
Well, ironically, several years later, I had a, a another client, a young man who who was very very adapted playing the role of victim. He he was telling me. He said, "I said, what was your big trauma, or what? Tell me about some traumas or what has happened to you." And he said, "Oh, my condo burned to the ground and I lost everything. It was horrible. I have nightmares about it." I go, "Oh my God, were you there?" And he goes, "No, I was on vacation." <laughs> And I was like, oh, I said, well, did you lose any pets or anything? Oh, no. I said, well, it, what, did you have insurance? He said, yeah, well, actually, I probably made quite a bit of money on it since they paid me just the whole thing. Wow. And I said, so was that really a problem? Or, or, But he viewed that as a huge trauma. And the other guy had woken up with his house on fire, grabbed the dog, got out, lost everything. Hey, yeah, whatever, you know. Mm. Uh, and, and again, a, a lot of it is how we choose to your, – your brain has the ability, part of this vibrational point, your brain, traumas are real. I'm not trying to say traumas aren't real. But our brain has to accept they were traumas for them to be traumas. One person's trauma is not a, necessarily another person's trauma. Which is a weird thing when you the first time that you run into that idea when you realize yes. that what's eating you up alive isn't even touching that other person over there it's almost like you're disconnected from them completely and that that's such a big thing that you know when you understand that Walt and you you and I've talked about this in various forms or fashion but the brain the the brain relies on us to to give it context to what it's seeing and hearing right when the emotional attachment to what you're seeing and hearing is there, the brain knows what to do with it because it, it's we are in charge of that, and that's the piece that is so exciting. Mm-hmm. It's also the piece that you know it, that that's why when we're working with people, or when we when we you know I've been told I've actually had some people that have uh, uh, I, I lost my son TJ a few years ago uh, in a horrible automobile accident, and as you know I I, I choose from almost day one after my horrible couple of days and it was very bad the first few days but my decision to make tj become the joy of my life his his memory to be a daily reminder of all he brought to me tj's death changed for me now you and i've talked a lot about that oh yeah and and so when i share that concept with some people there are people that that actually angers it is amazing to me sure. that I will get messages from people that are not nice. They say, are you telling me that I, I'm grieving wrong? I, I'm bet, willing to bet that some of them are saying that you're dishonoring your son. Exactly. I've heard that. And and I've heard people say that, you know, I, I, I'm not uh, – it, it upsets me because I lost my child and – and and while I'm not telling anyone how to do anything in their life, I'm not telling anyone that, that you should do it my way. I just have figured out that that I handled that in my way of handling it the best possible way for me. I will not be TJ was a blessing, is a blessing in my life. I I refer to him as as still being here. Uh, he is a blessing in my life. I think about him daily. He makes me smile every day, and when I do that. I am reminded of all the great stuff. Of course, I miss my son. Of sure. course, I do. But I would love for us to get together and 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 have a burger and laugh like we always used to do. But since I can't do that, I I rely on the memories of him, and all of that is a great joy to me. So I I am able to to take 
that trauma and have joy of my son's life and not let the trauma of his loss dictate my world. Yes. And that is such a blessing that I discovered this. And and, and I'm not trying to be tell anyone else that's how they have to do it. You have to figure out how to do this for yourself, what works. But in every aspect of our life, I, I have uh, a, a very good friend who is is was in a family business and and you know that which by the way if you're in a family business uh if you can get out of it before it destroys you but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well there's an interesting piece of, of advice right there yeah yeah i'm just throwing that out there but but that they, those seldom end very well to be honest with you and uh but but that's another show for another show for but but jokingly i say that uh and he he basically knew this job wasn't right for him we had talked about this and when he finally left slash was fired uh his initial reaction was horror that oh what am i going to do what am i going to do and we had a conversation very shortly after it happened and we turned it into what an incredible new opportunity i finally am free of this i'm fine and that's what he did in what within a few days he had multiple offers. He still hasn't chosen which one. They keep coming in. Wow. He will be able to choose from a variety of things, making more money than he was doing before. And and all that was really, in the beginning, was like my world was coming to an end versus this incredible opportunity is right around the corner. He was able to choose to do that. The brain is in charge of traumas. You, how you feed it and what you attach to it is how the brain sort of determines it. So we've actually found the good side of the family business, and that is how you leave it. How you leave it, and and I know with my you know my dad, I was, I, I was in the family business, and uh, it it didn't end well. And uh, fortunately, my dad my dad's still with us, and he's doing very well. And and uh, we we've healed all of the wounds of that, but uh, that wasn't a, a a great thing for us. Mm. Uh, and, and I do know some families make it. And I jokingly say get out, uh, but but also be aware it's hard to have a family business. There's a million reasons why. Oh sure. Uh, because it, it it's just one of those ongoing things that uh, there's a new dynamic attached to that. But as far as what we get to do, what our brain gets to do, is the 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 great joy in all of this is our brain has just such remarkable resiliency. It has the ability to change. It has the ability to see things differently. Uh, we can learn new things forever. As long as we're alive and the brain is functioning, new things can be learned. Uh, you know, the, the old concept that that the brain is, you know, you can't learn things after a certain age. That's ridiculous, you know, just incredibly ridiculous. I know multiple people that have learned entirely new things in their 70s, 80s. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of my friends uh, in Florida are very fit, older people that I've known for years. Uh, that they've learned how to be on the Internet. They've learned how to do certain. I mean, it's amazing what they can do. Uh, and, and their mind's still incredibly fresh. Mm -hmm. So the idea that, that all of this, the brain is an incredible tool. He talks about all the, all the cells and the neurons, and he gets in great detail. There's so much more since this time, obviously, what they understand. Right. But the brain's, the brain's ability to process, it isn't necessarily the speed that it processes that's so freaky, which it is before computers. It, it, computers are faster than the brain. However... The brain has the ability to 
understand things differently, to see it differently, to adapt, to change, to and 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 whether computers ever get there or not, I don't know. But we're nowhere close at this point. Uh, the 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 brain's power and energy. The computer is is doesn't vibrate the way the brain vibrates. There's a there's a, a a presence to the brain that has yet to be defined all the way in my belief system. There's an energy there uh, that that is measurable. They can measure the brain uh, and and they the waves that the brain puts out. And I I I think we can pretty much pick up on other people's energy. I cannot read anyone's mind, Walt. I wish I could. Uh, <laughs> maybe I don't wish I can, but, but I, I can pick up on their energy. And one of the things that I was always amazed at is I think animals have an instinctive uh, way to pick up on the energy of human beings as well. Uh, I, I have uh, had a dog growing up that uh, was the nicest dog in the world. Mm. And he... But there is this one guy that would come into the house, and he did not like. I mean, it was, and we always laughed. Said, you know, this is a very seemingly benign, you know, person, and 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 it, you know, just just why is the dog so upset? Well, that guy ended up doing quite a bit of bad stuff ah. uh, that uh, uh, got him put away for the rest of his life, and the dog knew that. The dog saw that, right? And, it, it did not like him around us, and and he picked up on that energy. So I, I, we are placing an energy out there, and our brain does. There's this vibration taking place. If you ever have the privilege of that really positive state, whether it's from meditation or or, or, or really, you know, I feel it a lot after a mastermind meeting. We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you feel that, it becomes a goal to live there, and that's what yes. we see. That's where you go. And as you as you graduate. In my mind, as you move up the levels of the understanding and practicing how to use the law of attraction on your behalf, I, I think that's the key that you learn to live in that. The more and more you can live there, the more ama- then the rest of the stuff almost doesn't matter. Well, you, you've touched on a few things there, and I, I think he ties it together in the chapter. So let, let me go to what he wrote there. He wrote, and, and the things I'm referring to that you mentioned are TJ, um, the ability or inability to read minds, and, and how uh, the mastermind concept and the mastermind experience uh, leads to exchanges of energy and thought and so forth in ways that are almost unpredictable. Um, but anyway, he writes this. We are now entering the most marvelous of all ages. And this, of course, was in the 1930s. An age which will teach us something of the intangible forces of the world about us. Perhaps we shall learn as we pass through this age that the, quote, other self, unquote, is more powerful than the physical self we see when we look into a mirror. Sometimes men speak lightly of the intangibles, the things which they cannot perceive through any of their five senses. And when we hear them, it should remind us that all of us are controlled by forces which are unseen and intangible. He's touching on this whole concept of energies that are not detectable by five senses and the moment you start looking at that that's where you, you, you mentioned Einstein that's where the whole idea of quantum thinking comes in the idea of energies that cannot be touched seen smelled felt or heard you just they're, they're not detectable by five senses and yet we are now more and more aware that such uh, there, there are actually thought forms and so forth that can be measured I mean we can now measure a thought we couldn't do that in the 1930s but we can do that now we, we can actually detect 
people picking up other thoughts. I mean, he even makes reference to it in this in this book. He talks about uh, a professor at Duke University who was doing experiments with uh, telepathy and uh, clairvoyance, and it was very very early testing at that point in time. Now it's it's not like the scientific community has embraced it because they haven't, but more and more has been discovered through scientific research to show that yeah, there's something there. There's something. They, the science may not be sure what it is, but there's something there. What you're talking about with TJ and with your other experiences there are all tied into these what we'll call sixth senses. And the sixth senses are a critical portion of how the law of attraction works, and they're also a critical portion of how this whole chapter of um, the brain in thinking grow rich works. Because you mentioned the mastermind. Toward the end of the chapter, he talks about a mastermind of three getting together to solve a problem and how the unseen portion of the thought process interacts between the three minds and to places that he doesn't specify what they are, but he's implying the other side, getting information from the other side, that process ends up producing results that are just astonishing. And now we're starting to touch on what you were talking about, the, the ability of human minds to work together to, uh, in, in a mastermind context to tap into the other side. This is about as woo-woo as you can get. And he got there in the 1930s. Wow. That, that, and that's the piece that just is, astonishes me, the fact that, that with the knowledge we have now, it's still considered a way out there concept for most people. And the fact that it he is. was able to, to, to the, all I can gather is he, he felt it enough to, to put it in words. His descriptive, uh, uh, his ability to describe what he was feeling is so incredibly accurate. That's, that's amazing to me. And that's the, that's the piece that excites me that, that I know we're onto something because it's uh, there, there's a video that that if I can think about it, Walt, I, I'll send it to you. Maybe we can get it on our website or at least a link to it. Oh, okay. uh, th- there's a uh, it's a TED talk and a gentleman. I may have mentioned this before. He 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 takes uh, basically a transmitter and he he figures he figures out the frequency that the brain sends commands down the arm. And what he does is he puts the transmitter on my arm and then he puts a receiver on another person's arm and he tells me to move my fingers and tells the other person to clear their mind and think about something else the other person's fingers also move mm. yeah that's amazing that is that is the beginning of this. It's, and everybody said, "Well, that's a simple electrical impulse. That's different." Uh, no, it's not. It's it is basic, but it's the same concept. And the idea of of us attaching that energy to a positive or or a, a attracting what we want by sort of labeling this is this is how I'm viewing. We we think and grow rich by growing and thinking and believing that we're rich by by living that by we have an abundance the abundance is already here that's where we're tuning into when you attach this tuning in process to uh what you truly want that's what you're bringing here now if you don't believe that you can do that then you absolutely cannot do that 
Well, well, the people who, who take the position that you described that says that, well, that's just an electrical connection going on there, and they, they use it in a dismissive way. They're, they're basically saying that's really nothing novel there. There's a message for them that I think might help them bridge the gap, and that is science does have some knowledge about how the nervous system works. And among other things, they're able to measure how long it takes for a thought impulse or, or a result from a thought impulse, whatever you want to call it, to be sent from the brain to somewhere else in the body, say, you know, down to your toe or something like that. And it's, a, it's an extremely slow process. I mean, it's measured in, in single-digit miles per hour. It, it takes quite a bit of time for a thought to generate a signal that passes down through the nervous system to your big toe. Okay, well, if it's that slow, will you please explain to me how it is that high-speed, high-quality athletes are able to do amazingly, ri- ridiculously quick stuff? It's, yeah. it, it should be impossible. Right. If everything is dependent upon that electronic signal going through the nervous system, everything that an athlete does, everything that a dancer does, everything that any person does, any, a magician, if the hand is quicker than the eye, that should be impossible. It should yes. be impossible for the hand to move that quickly. It should be impossible to redirect our attention that easily because the thought process is so slow in terms of how it interacts with the nervous system. So here's a question for the person who thinks that, well, that's just an electrical signal. If that's the way the nervous system works, how do we manage to think quicker? Yes. How do we manage yes. to do that? I, yes, and that 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 is the question that that sort of defines what we're talking about. The 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 idea that that all of this, all of this, as we as we develop the brain, as we 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 answer the questions that are out there, you see the the law of attraction is coming closer to being proven with today's science versus being disproven. Oh yes. Oh yes. And that, science isn't ready to acknowledge that, but there is no doubt. <laughs> right. When when I when I speak to positive I laugh this every week. Uh, I, I I was speaking with a professor uh, from the University of Oregon that is is very into the positive psychology movement and and I I made I slipped up again and <laughs> the law of attraction and got the 10 minute lecture on why the law of attraction is not positive psychology right until he understands that it is and he got the 10 minute lecture on why it is it worked out and, uh, you know, i don't know if i initially changed his mind but but we're saying the same thing and, and and but within all of this with all that we're talking the 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 resilience the power of the brain it it is the centerpiece. It is a receiver. It is a transmitter, and we're we're receiving and putting out. And what we're putting out is what we're receiving back, and that becomes the key. If your negative inner dialogue is "I am a loser," "I am poor," "I don't have this," "I'm a victim of this," "I you know, nobody likes me," I'm sorry, but you're absolutely right. More precisely, and- you're creating it. Exactly. I had the. I had. Uh, I. I. I don't have permission to use his name, but I. I. I wasn't going to share it. I was going to wait to Facebook it when I can share it. But I want to tell a story that that happened today that was just fascinating to me. Uh, one of my clients is a 19 year old recovering cancer patient. Wow. And uh, he had a severe form of. Uh, uh, I forget the name of the cancer, but it was a. It's a very rare cancer that affects the pancreas. Oof. And and it it has like a six percent survival rate. Yeah, 
and uh, he survived it. Wow. And he's in remission, and he's doing well. However, he's still very weak. Yeah. He, he, his hair's coming back. And his family, the reason that I'm involved, I had nothing to do with, with the treatment of the, of the cancer or any of that. that we had a great team of doctors that handled that. But what I was brought in, the doctor referred to me. He said, look, he said, technically, uh, this young man is well. And he needs to get busy and start living life. Uh-huh. But mentally, he was still a cancer patient. Right. So we have been, we have been working. He was still in a wheelchair. There's no reason for him to be in a wheelchair. So a few weeks ago, we got together. I think this is about our fourth week. So let's say four, fourth week, many a few times a week. And uh, I first time we got together, I talked to him. I said we're going to need to go to the gym and start doing some stuff. And he told me he reminded me he was a a cancer. He earned he used the term I am a cancer victim. Mm. Uh, and and he said I cannot work out. Uh, my bones are fragile from all the treatment. Uh, and I said, okay, well we're you can walk, can't you? And he's well barely. So we started out walking a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, then I got him on one of the weightlifting machines and we were able to do certain things. And I got him – there's a move called a deadlift. And for those that know weightlifting, it's simply uh, – uh, they don't know weightlifting, it's simply picking up a bar off the ground. There's a form you do it, but it's literally bending over, picking up a bar, and seeing how much weight you can pick up. It's right. a co- competitive lift. And, uh, and and power lifters can get almost eight, 900, 1,000 pounds sometimes, really super strong guys. So this young man, we started out, he could not pick up the bar a few weeks ago. And the bar weighs and, what? Uh, the bar weighs 45 pounds. Okay. And so he, he, which is still a heavy bar, and he couldn't pick it up. But I said, hey, at least you're trying. Well, I, I've been pushing him a little harder each time. And then each time he says, I want to throw up, let me sit in my chair. So today I just I checked with the doctor. I said I said, is this guy okay? And he goes, he's fine. He he needs you to push him hard, and you're pushing him. And uh, so I said, okay. I said we're going to do it today. So I, I strategically placed a he didn't see me, but a trash can near us, and I had him lift it. We but we 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 got ten pounds on we uh, twenty pounds on the bar to make a total of sixty five last week. This week I put a twenty five on each side, and this was going to you know. This, we're stepping it up to you know 95 pounds this week, right. and he reached out. I can't do it. I said, "You're going to do this." And we we had walked a quarter mile, and we had, you know so we he he's made some good progress. But today was more about a mental breakthrough, and he should have been able. To, I know he can lift the weight, and so he bit down and he couldn't do it. And I said, "You're going to do this," and 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 I said, "No," and he said, "I'm going to sit in my chair," and I said, "No, you're going to lift this weight. Then you can sit in your chair." And um, so we we we. We got back and forth. He said, I'm going to throw up. And I went and got the trash can. I said, let's do it, buddy. Let's rock. Yeah. And, and he looked at me, and he actually you know, got a little mad at me. And he said, I'm just going to, I'm just going to lift this. And when, it, when I fall out, you're going to feel bad. And I said, I will feel bad. Let's do it. And he lifted the weight. And he didn't throw up. And he said, oh, my God. His, his to- total, everything changed instantly. Well, everything. And he said, I think I can add more weight to this. And he had ten more pounds on each side. So you know, wow! Now he's now now I'm like wow. And I said, well, now I'm on the other side. Okay, let's don't overdo this. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 and 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 we we ended up going through the gym. He did some more stuff. I pulled our trash can around with us. Uh, people were coming up and patting him on the back, going, "Oh my god!" And so he's pushing his own wheelchair around. Right. And uh, and we get through there, and so we he's an entirely different guy. And by the end of the workout, after one hour, he's an entirely different guy. And um, he said, 
And I said, you're no longer a victim of cancer. Cancer is a victim of you. <laughs> and uh, he, he, he said, that's right. I really appreciate that. So we go to the car, and he's parked in the handicapped parking zone. And he's still not back in his wheelchair. He took his wheelchair by himself, folded up, put it in the trunk, goes in. He has the temporary handicap sticker that hangs from his mirror. He handed it to me. He goes, don't need this anymore. Yeah. His mom called me. His mom called me. And goes, "What did you do?" <laughs> he said, "He's ready to go back to work." He's blah blah blah. All the he said, "He's instantly been transformed." I said, "He instantly quit being a victim today. He's well. He's fine. He's going to thrive." She said, "I got to go buy a bunch of food. He's eating like crazy right now." <laughs> and and so all of this is different. That's a very uplifting story. That all that took place. Well, it was a simple change of thought. And, and I don't want to minimize that because the, the tendency is going to be for a skeptic to hear that story and say, well, of course, he could do that all along. It's not like the cancer was actually holding him back. The doctor told us he could actually do this. This is not a, an amazing thing. And if you say that, you're missing the point because the point is he thought it was impossible. Yes. Well, and, and that that's the key here is... It was going to be impossible as long as he thought it was impossible. And that's it, right there. He thought it was going to be impossible as long as he thought it was impossible. Now, let's turn the scenario around. Not necessarily him, but just any person, person X. Person X is facing doing something. I mean, he was doing something that the entire population of the United States, if they knew the story, could say, well, yeah, he can do that. Yes. But, but person X is someone who's trying to do something, and if the entire population were surveyed, they'd say, no, he can't do that. Yes. So it's so yes. a, a completely different mindset. Now imagine that there's a being who is aware that he actually really can do it. But you can call him God if you want. You can call him just another person. You can, you can imagine that other being, whoever you want them to be. But the point is that person actually knows, yeah, this person really can do it. doesn't matter that all those other people around there don't think he can do it. doesn't matter that he doesn't know, that, that he doesn't think he can do it. I actually know he really can do it. We just got to convince him to do it. Right. Now, here's the interesting point. It's exactly the same scenario. It's the same yes. scenario told from different perspectives. Yes. And that that becomes the answer to so many questions. You, you know, I've, I've spoken of, of this before where, you know, I've, I've known identical twins that have grew up in a, a, a horrible setting, a severely abusive alcoholic father. Mother abandoned them. The father just was horrible. One grew up and became an alcoholic. The other grew up and never touched alcohol. And when you ask each of them why, it, they say it's because my father drank. Mm. They had the same answer. Yeah. It's just perspective of what it meant to them. And, and the perspective led to different choices. It led to different choices. And it's the same thing with us every day, Walt. The, the gift of the law of attraction, the exciting piece, the reason I wake up feeling like I wake up every morning is the law of attraction has taught me that I and I alone am in charge of of the way I feel. Nobody else can dictate to that to me. And once I accept that, I'm in charge of what the universe offers to me. I'm in charge of that. If I'm if I'm if I'm going to be without and, and focus on the lack of what I have, I will continue to attract a lack. If I look at the abundance, I was talking to you before about incredible opportunities that are coming my way. In fact I like to call a timeout on opportunities for a while until I can 
level them out. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's like we got a lot of good opportunities here, and 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 it, it's the idea that this is great stuff. Walt, we're in tune with that. It's the power of it. It's what it it, it the brain tying this all together is where it takes place, and that that is so exciting to me. It is exciting. I'm going to tell you another little story here. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you this. I have macular degeneration. Did I ever tell you about that? No, I never did that. Yeah, I have, and, and it, it, the uh, acronym is AMD, uh, which basically means age-related macular degeneration. Um, they call it that because it's always in older people. And I'm not sure why they say that because I do know there are exceptions where it happens in younger people. But nevertheless, I guess they call it that because most older people um, who are the victims of it. Um, I, oh, and it comes in two forms. They call it one the dry form and one the wet form. I won't go into it. The wet form basically means there's blood involved, but I won't go into it any deeper than that. Um, but the dry form leads to blindness about 10% of the time. The wet form leads to blindness about 90% of the time. Now, I didn't know that I had any of it until I went to an eye doctor because I wear glasses and got an uh, examination seven or eight years ago. And at that time, I learned for the first time that I had it. Now, normally, um, if you get to the, the bad one, the wet one, you get there through the dry one. And I've seen sources that say that's always the way it goes. When I first heard about it, I had the wet one. And on top of that, I was already blind in my left eye. Because macular degeneration, what it does is the, the, the thing that you, you're able to focus on, you, you can focus on a single point, and that's how you're able to read and so forth, that right. gets basically obliterated. It's called the macula. And the macula gets obliterated, and now you're effectively blind. You can see peripherally to some degree, but straight ahead you can't see. And I had already noticed um, you know, serious deterioration in that eye. What I didn't realize it was that it, that it was gone. But, <laughs> but I had already noticed that. And... So when I got word of that, that was pretty devastating. And then the second devastating thing is they tell you, they believe that if you get it in one eye, you're going to get it in the other eye, and you're going to go blind. And there's nothing they can do to prevent it. They can give you treatments. There are vitamins you can take. There are eye injections and so forth that will slow it and slow it dramatically. But they can't cure it. And one way or another, in the long run, you're going to go blind. Well, you can imagine that didn't make me feel very happy. <laughs> no, I, I can imagine that's not a good thing, huh? And on top of that, I have not been in financial, financially good situation for a long, long time, and I wasn't then, so I couldn't afford the injections. The only thing I could do, in fact, I couldn't even afford to see the specialist at that point in time, who was going to tell me that I couldn't do anything to fix this permanently. All I could do was you know, put off the inevitable. But what I did do is took advantage of this wonderful technology called the internet to go read up on it and learn about it. And the optometrist who told me that I had this condition and I needed to get it checked out by a specialist, by an op uh, ophthalmologist uh, who specialized in this kind of thing, was, it, well, first of all, they weren't helpful because they didn't really tell me any of the answers. <laughs> and secondly, they really didn't give me any hope other than to say, well, you got to get this checked out now. And indeed, you check all the stuff online about, oh, you have to get regular checkups, they have to track it, they have to do all this other kind of stuff, but they still can't cure it. Now, I'm reading this stuff online on this wonderful internet, and I'm saying, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. <laughs> 
I'm supposed to spend all this money and all this time to get injections that can actually be damaging. They, they can cause retina problems and all kinds of stuff. You know, there are side effects to the, these, these injection treatments. And in the long run, I'm going to go blind anyway, and it's going to cost me a lot of money and a lot of pain. That doesn't sound like a good deal to me. <laughs> there's got to be a better no, deal. Not, yeah. <laughs> that, so there's actually a second piece of information. Well, there, there are a number of pieces, but I'm, I'm skimming over some of them. The, the, the crucial second piece of information is that one of the things that researchers have discovered that helps to slow and you know, slow to a crawl the, 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 the process of, of slowly going blind or quickly going blind is a vitamin combination. Um, and in fact, they call it the ARIDS-2 formula. I won't even bother to get into what that's all about, but basically it's, it's some um, beta-carotene-related type stuff that if you take it on a regular basis, it slows down the process. So I thought to myself, well, that sounds possible. I went to uh, Walmart, and sure enough, they've got that formula for about 30 bucks a bottle. I said, well, I can afford that. you know. So I didn't even go to see the specialist. Can you imagine that, Joel? I didn't even get to see the specialist, partly because I couldn't afford it and partly because I didn't see a point to doing it. <laughs> they couldn't. What, they, what are they going to do? They're going to stick stuff into my eye, and it's not going to solve the problem anyway. Wow, yeah. That was eight years ago. Now, I don't know yet what the time frame is for somebody who is untreated with wet AMD for going blind, especially after the one eye is gone. What I do know is that it seems very unlikely that eight years would intervene without the second one going blind. To this day, I still have problems. It's not like I have perfect vision. I've never had perfect vision. I've had to wear glasses since I was five or six. But I still have vision in my right eye. I can still read. I can still drive. Nice. And, I, and I've been taking these vitamins religiously every single day, two to three vitamins a day. They recommend two. I sometimes take three just to feel better. Yes. Well, <laughs> you know, well more is always better. Just that's a note. Right? Yeah, that, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've been taking these continuously for seven or eight years. And, and I mention all this because it's been a long time since I've had an eye appointment. And I really kind of have to because my glasses are, are – really in need of a change of prescription. And so I have that appointment. We're, we broadcast, we're, we're recording this show two days before it's actually broadcasting. So um, yesterday, as you're hearing this, is when I'm actually going to the appointment. <laughs> and I have to tell you, I had some apprehension about it. I still have it as, as we're talking right now, some apprehension about it. But I also realized there's an amazing thing here. Despite all the odds, I still have my eyesight. Wow. That I still have my eyesight. And you know what, Joel? During that time, particularly in the last three or four years, I have been thanking the universe and God and spirit and source for, wow, I love the fact I can still see. I appreciate colors. I'm looking at a computer monitor right now. It's got oranges and yellows and greens and reds and blues on it, and I love it. I can see it. I've been doing that regularly, as regularly as I can remember to do it. And I know you know that I know that Law of attraction is playing a role here. Absolutely, and the well, mind and, and the mind is playing a role here. Yes, and we 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 live that daily. You hear in in your case, it, it's you, you know I, I I found this one interesting, and your 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 incredible journey is a, an a testament to you know where you're going with this. And um, I, I had a, a client that today was you know been in recovery now for about a week, and and. I told him last week, I said, you know, you're, you're probably going to get sick in the next few days. And he's like, why? And I go, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I said, what happens is, is people generally, 
he said, I haven't been sick in a long time. So, well, you're in active addiction. You got a lot of craziness going on. Your body doesn't have time to be sick. And, and, and I, I, that's my theory, but inevitably when you slow it down, the body's like, okay, well, okay, here we go. We got a chance here. And it just sort of takes, and, it, and he called me today and said, uh, your, your predicted sickness came true. Uh, and, and it, it really, it's, it, it's, I call it the recovery flow. Uh, it, it's, it's something that is real and, it happens because the body, like right now, you're not believing, you don't have time for your, your vision to go away. It, it's not something you're, I'm sorry, I, I, that's not in my plan right now. Let's, let's move on. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, Rhonda speaks about this in The, in the Secret uh, of get, doing away with her reading glasses. Uh, there, there's, there's a lot of examples of this huge belief that we have. When w- we can make whatever we need to make take place and that's an ex- as I've used the word exciting a lot today but that that really is the basis of all this and I know we're getting close to the end here for, of this show but the mind and the role it plays your brain is an incredible tool that is your greatest asset or your biggest detractor and you're in charge of it 100% and that's really that's, it that's it right there in a nutshell and, and it's something that I'm still learning I mean, I would be lying if I said, yeah, I believe in that totally. And the way I know that I don't believe in it totally is because things don't always work out the way I'm trying to visualize them to. So I know it. I mean, the results aren't there yet exactly the way I want them to be. So I know I'm not doing it perfectly right yet. I'm doing it a lot better than I did five years ago, a lot more consistently than I did five years ago. But am I doing it throughout my day? Well, not really. <laughs> I can't honestly say that, but I'm getting better at it. Yes, and and that becomes the the, the piece that I'm just I, I I beg our audience to understand. I, I I want everyone to grasp this. I I live it. When I find my name, when I find my 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 thought process not working right, when I hear my mind trying to uh, 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 sort of betray betray my thoughts. I don't accept it anymore. When, when a negative stuff comes in or I'm sorry, that's not real. I'll call it out. I'll say, I'm sorry, wrong place, wrong time. <laughs> you're, you're, you can't be here. Leave. That, uh, that's where I'm trying to get to. I love that idea that, that, you know, that you can do that on a regular basis. Like, yeah, I'm going to get there. Come on. Yes. And, and this is, this is, you know, we, we talk every week that you and I talk, we get a great lift out of this ourselves. Oh, big we, time. In our audience, getting a a great lift out of this is is our goal and and being able to apply it the brain portion of this is one of the most exciting things that how it all all came together for me and my understanding of all this is just absolutely exciting absolutely exciting it is exciting it's it's exciting it's exhilarating it's terrifying it's thrilling Every extreme emotional example, adjective you can come up with applies to it because it's it, it's mind bending. <laughs> yes, it really is. It really is. So uh, uh, you keep thinking, believing, and and I I believe your eye can totally heal. I believe it it can. You well, know, I'll the, tell you what. My goal is my goal is to heal the other one as well. Yeah, which which, it, it, which medical science says is impossible. Which. There's a lot of things that I watch every day. Impossible. I've, 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 I, you know, the concept that the brain can rewire and redo things uh, that science has not even come close to, to understanding. That's the that that's just 
that gets us up again. That's the point. We That's do true. this. That's true. Well, I do know one thing that is impossible, and that is it's impossible to keep going because we've run out of time. <laughs> Well, yes, that's a, that's. I'm sad about that, but I'm looking forward to speaking again next week. Absolutely. I do want to remind everybody, please subscribe to us at LOAToday.net, or you can find us in the iTunes store. You can find us on YouTube. Be sure to check out our Facebook page. We even put out a tweet or two on occasion on Twitter. And, Joel, it's been a pleasure as usual. Walt, great to talk to you, my friend. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.